you three basic truths about this seed that apply to us. Number one, he'll put this one up there. Seed is secured by purchase. Write that in your mind, if not in your Bible. If I walked into the country boy feed and seed store, walked over to that bag of seed and picked it up and walked out of the feed and seed store, how far do you think I'd get before Bubba came out of the store and decided that I needed to come back and pay for it? You see, if you do right, you have to go by the rule. And the rule says if you're going to have something that you plant and yields fruit, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to buy it or you're going to have to purchase it. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I, boys and girls, you and I, church member and non-church member alike, saved or lost, from the mission, don't care nothing about the mission, black or white, red or purple, it does not matter. Every one of us have been purchased. You may not have cashed in on the purchase, but you have been paid for. Your entire sin debt has been paid for if you will come to Christ this morning and redeem in the presence of God your repentant faith to Him, He will eradicate, what a word, erase every evidence that there ever was iniquity in your life. You know how He can do that? He purchased you. He bought you. He purchased you for himself. Give me a couple of those verses that I wrote down. Look at Acts 20 and 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. He's talking about the preachers here in Acts 20 and 28. Watch over the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. You're supposed to feed the church of God. Notice, which he hath purchased. Say that with me. Purchase, say it out loud. Purchased, how? With his own blood. I, give, give me the next one, if you will, please. Which the Bible says in, in Ephesians 1 and 14, which is the earnest, right over that word earnest, down payment. You would understand it as earnest money. Jesus saved us on promise. We will be completely saved at His appearance. For we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We will be entirely, absolutely, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, sanctified, holy, saved, completely redeemed by the power of the blood of Christ. We are two-thirds there right now, soul and spirit saved. But I promise you this, your body is as crazy and wacky as it can be and it'll act crazy and your flesh is unconverted. But your soul's already as good as it saved as if it would already be in heaven and your spirit belongs to God. I'll prove it to you, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. The redemption of the Purchase possession. God has 
purchased me and I am just like the seed in that bag. I was bought to do this. I was paid for to live for Jesus. God didn't die for me so I could do my own thing. God didn't die for me so I could carry out my agenda. God didn't die for me so I could come and play a religious game with Him at church. God didn't die for me so I could ride off into the sunset doing it my way. God didn't die for me to produce acts of the flesh according to my own desires. But He died for me that I might carry out that which He wanted to perform through me. He purchased me. Thank God. We should come to Christ because He has purchased us, not just for the perks. You come to Christ, your sins are forgiven. But is that the reason you ought to come? You come to Jesus. Your name's written down immediately in the Lamb's book of life. But is that why you ought to come? You come to Jesus Christ and you all of a sudden receive a whole family of brothers and sisters. But is that the reason you ought to come? You come to Jesus Christ and you can become talented for His glory. He gives gifts and callings to men. But is that why you ought to come? I'm going to tell you the chief primary reason you ought to come. He died to purchase you. And everything else is predicated on that activity and that action. Everything else hinges on the purchasing of the Lord Jesus. If my name never was in the Lamb's book of life, He's deserving of my heart and my soul. And I should let Him have my life because He died to purchase me. And any and everything else is just so much talk. I thank Him for all those things. I'm excited about the evidences of His presence, but I'm going to be honest with you. If all I got out of it was the purchase, redemptive price that He paid for me and nothing else, and if there was no heaven and no hell, and I just lived my life in this life and died and went into the ground and rotted for worms to eat, it would still be worth it all just to live my life in this life for the glory of God. Am I right about it? The perks are good, but oh my, they are byproducts. <laughs> I, I went into Walmart the other day, and uh, when you go out, some man 140 years old on a cane, or some dear sweet lady that's been on Social Security 115 years is going to come up to you and want to check your bag and tell me what they're looking for. A receipt. <laughs> They're looking for a receipt. Do you have evidence that you paid for that? And they'll look for that receipt. And I want to thank God the receipt that I have this morning is the evidence that Jesus Christ lives in me. I was bought. That receipt proves that I bought something. That receipt proves that I purchased it with my own money. And I can take it out. It belongs to me. I'm glad this morning there's a receipt in my life. Jesus said, the evidence that you're mine is the works that I have put in your life. 
and I have died for you that I might live through you. And living through you is what I live every day to do. Somebody give the Lord praise and glory in the house of God. Oh, Jesus, help us. That is Christ in me, the hope of glory. There was a girl riding in a car. And uh, there was a man in front of her and the light turned caution. He could have went through it. She was hoping he would have. But he slams on his brakes and stops. She sticks her head out the window and hollers, Why didn't you go on? Hey! And starts hollering and screaming at the man the whole time he was at the red light. He's just screaming and, and, and she's screaming at him and, and screaming at him. There's a cop right over there. <laughs> And he gets in behind her and starts following her when she goes through the light. She's got a bumper sticker on the back of her bumper that says, Honk if you love Jesus. She's got another one on the, on the glass of the, of the rear window uh, that is the fish sign. Where you, you got the little fish sign and then if you were a Christian back in those days to keep them from locking you up, you'd run it through and make it look like a fish. She had a bumper sticker, First Baptist Church of such and such. She had the entire back of a car covered up with Christian logo, logos. The policeman stopped her. She pulled off. She said, what was I doing? He said, get out of the car. He handcuffed her, put her in his car, hauled her to jail. She was constantly saying, what did I do? He didn't tell her nothing. Got her down there and filed a stolen car report on her. She said, what do you mean? That's my car. I got the registration. He said, well, it was an accident on my part. He said, I saw all those stickers and saw you acting like you was acting, and I figured you stole that car because surely you aren't acting like the owner of that vehicle. Some of you need to take your honk if you love Jesus signs off your car. What is the evidence? It's not a sticker. What is the evidence? It's not some kind of emblem. What is the evidence? When you go to the red light, keep your mouth shut. You can't act like you please. You can't act like you want to. Why? Because you're purchased. I don't go to the club life because I'm purchased. I don't let myself drink whatever I please because I'm purchased. I don't put just anything in my mouth and blow it back out because I'm purchased. How about it? Did he die for nothing or did he die for everything? Somebody give him praise. (laughs) Promiscuity, sin everywhere. And a purchased Savior right in the middle saying, Come unto me, all you that labor. There was an 83-year-old woman. I told my Sunday school class about her. 83 years. Her doctor's old. He retires and refers her to a young man. She goes in for some kind of diagnosis. He gives her a piece of paper to put all of her Medicine she's taken and medications and doctor visits and ills and pains. And he looks on the 83 years old. He said, that's good. He goes down through there. And she had put down, she took, she had birth control pills that she prescribed to. Birth control pill, 83. <clears throat> now, let me say this. I ain't going to say it. 
Praise God. I can feel you just saying, for God's sake, Lord. I can't help it. If you are an 83... No. She's 83. Got birth control pills wrote down. She prescribes them. He said, ma'am, what in the world somebody 83 years old doing with birth control pills? She said, they help me sleep at night. He said, do what? He said, ain't nothing in one of these pills make you sleep at night. Oh, yeah. You don't know. He said... Sleep at night, he, she said. Yeah, she said. He said. She said. Every morning, I crush up one and put it in my sixteen-year-old granddaughter's orange juice. She drinks it, and that helps me sleep at night. <laughs> Easy, Steve. Steve's real fundamental back home. He he thinks, oh God, we ain't never gonna get paid next week. Sin everywhere. If you got a sixteen-year-old granddaughter and you can't sleep. Crush one up on her. She won't know. <laughs> Purchased every kernel of this corn was bought. Every kernel I paid for. My name's not on it, and there's no certificate of ownership, and there's no title or deed. They don't give you that on a sack of corn. But I can do anything I want to with this coin. You know why? Because it's in there. It belongs to me. It's under my control. And whatever I choose to do with it and whatever I decide to do with it, I can pop it. I can roast it. I can throw it. God, I want to throw it. I can, thro <laughs> I can throw it. I can crush it up and Brandon can smoke it. Why does it always go back to the house fire and Brandon's drugs? I don't understand. I can do anything because it's mine. Now listen to me. Listen to me. You and I are not our own. Put, put that, put first, have you got first Corinthians? Well, it doesn't matter. And it, I'll try to quote it. It says, what? No, you're not. That you're not your own. That your body is not your own. But it's been bought with a price. He said, therefore glorify God in your spirit which are God's. God's Holy Spirit lives in me. God, when, when somebody asked me, where, 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 do, where does God live? Where does God reside? Does, do, do, out there where y'all go to church, uh, is, is, is that where God lives? Does God stay in there? No, we don't leave out of here and God stick His head out the door and say, y'all come back, you're here. That don't happen. He lives in me. Good gracious, I wish we could get this. He goes home with me. He walks with me. He talks with me. And I love him and appreciate him. He's not here. He walks out with me and goes home with me. Somebody praise the Lord with me. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God? You're not your own. You've been bought. I could go through here and ask most of y'all, are you saved? Yeah. What you're telling me, if you're serious, is you house the Holy Spirit. You are now controlled by another. You now are owned. 
just like that corn is owned, you are owned by purchase. How many of you are glad you're saved? Let me ask you this. If you know you are, and most of you do, you know you're saved, here's what that really means. He lives in you. You gave up the right to live for yourself. And now God is doing what God wants to do, and God's calling the shots, pulling the levers, and doing what for us is important. Is He doing that in your life? Here's the second one. Let me give you the second uh, truth out of this, and I'll move on quickly and we'll be done. Number Number one is seed that is secured by purchase. But notice the seed that is stored by procrastination. Somebody tell me, how much corn will that seed grow in that sack? None. I was told by the guy that runs Country Boy, the longer that that stuff sits in that sack, the more rotten it will get. He said it will take it a while. He said, but after a while it will lose its germinating power because it will start to rot, sprig, and deteriorate in that sack. He said, but you'll never get an ear of corn out of that bag. There are some of us that God has purchased and we're in the sack. We belong to Him, but we're procrastinating our planting. God's not interested in empty promises, but He is interested in servants in fullness that won't out of the bag into the ground so that they can see fruit out of their experience. Am I right about it? The Bible teaches us and the Bible tells us that seed is stored by procrastination. The longer it stays there, the less it will produce and rot. Acts chapter 26 and verse number 28, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost, say that with me, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. What was he doing when he said almost? procrastinating and this morning the last day of May 2009 Agrippa is falling in hell screaming almost is not enough almost is not enough almost is too short almost not enough oh Paul preach to me now Paul But there's no Paul to preach. There's no gospel to hear. There's no ears to hear it. He's in hell, falling in outer darkness, waiting only to the white throne judgment where he'll be cast into the lake of fire with Satan and his cohorts. Ladies and gentlemen, you have time to put the brakes on this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, you have time to stop the wagon this morning. Boys and girls, you have time to make a choice for Christ. You have a chance this morning. There'll come a day when your chances will be over. There'll come a day when your opportunities will subside and cease. But this morning, Jesus has paid the debt. Come to Him while you can and give Him your life while He can. Somebody give God praise and glory for saving us by the grace of God. Seed is stored by procrastination. With, with sayings like, <clears throat> I have plenty of time. 
That's a procrastinatory statement. Another one is, it's my life. I'll do as I please. My question to you is, how did you get here on your own terms? And how will you leave here on your own timing? You see, a whole lot is determined on what God says, isn't it? I have plenty of time. It's my life. And then here's one. I can't do it like God wants me to do it. Oh, how do you know? You never have tried enough to see. If you give your life to Christ, I promise you this. Doing it will come out of His power, not yours. Doing it will come out of His grace, not yours. Doing it will come out of His mercy and His talent, not yours. I remember the night when Ed McElbee was preaching. I remember that night greatly, 61 days after I was saved, 1968. It was over through the month of October and into November. He was preaching and I saw him expounding the Scripture. My heart was beating out of my chest. The whole place was under conviction. That preacher was preaching the house of fire. God was all over him. The Holy Spirit of God had him wrapped up in his arms and he was just getting after. He was preaching, I mean like an evangelist ought to. And I was sitting there saying, not me, Lord. I can't do that. There's no way in the world I'll ever be able to do that. There's no way. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to respond because if you expect me to be that, I thought everybody preached like that. I didn't know. I didn't know but two preachers and both of them were just as wide open as they could be. And I thought everybody, and I thought you had to qualify like that to do that. Little did I know that God will take you just like you are and use you just like He can. Listen to me. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like them. You don't have to be like he or she. You can be who you are and God can use you to the glory of God. Somebody give the Lord praise in the house of God. Number three, notice the third one. Seed that is sown by planting. Seed that is sown by planting. The first thing I want you to see, the first truth is seed that's secured by purchase. If we ever get hold of this one thing, I belong to Jesus Christ and He belongs to me. I'm not my own. I've been bought. It's not what I say or what I do or where I'm coming from. It's all about Jesus. If we could get that into our spirit, I believe with all of my heart, things would pick up. Number two, seed that is stored by procrastination. If God called you to preach and you haven't said God's called you to preach or you're waiting on some move of of, of, of happenstance or some essence of glory, some thunderclap, some lightning strike in your life. If God's called you, don't procrastinate. Step out. God will use you to the fullest of His glory. Don't you think He wants to glorify Himself through you? Yes, He does. And He will if you'll let Him. Number three, there's seed that is sown by planting. When a seed is placed... And it allows the the process of oneness with the soil to take place. It brings forth fruit. John 12, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. When that that grain of wheat falls into the ground or that piece of corn falls into the ground and dies, 
It does not any longer abide alone because out of it is coming its productivity. Out of it is coming its germinating power. Out of it comes growth and fruit for a future generation to eat. And the seed is in itself. And when that seed dies, it brings forth fruit. I like what Galatians 6 and 7 says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man saith, soweth. Say it again. Soweth that shall he also reap. <laughs> I found out through asking that uh, one, one of these kernels of corn, one of them, planted, brings forth one stalk, one seed. Out of that whole sack, thousands of kernels, one produces a stalk. Average, there's 10 ears of corn on the stalk. Good, healthy, well-watered, germinated corn, sprayed and fixed and done right, will average 10 of those, 10 ears. There's between four and 500 kernels on an ear. If there's 10 ears on a, on a stalk and you pop off 10 ears and, and, and cut the, the shucks back, And lay them all out. Ten ears of corn has got 7,000 of those little pieces that come from one. Don't tell me that's not important. Don't tell me that's not important. It doesn't, as long as that seed is in that bag, it brings forth a zero. But as long as that seed becomes one with dirt. And it gives up its metaphor, uh, uh, metamorphosis and dies. It germinates. That's what it means. It dies. It rots in the ground. Out of its death and out of its dying comes a stalk that produces 7,000. Do y'all know this term, Rosaneers? Rosaneers? Harlem, the valley. You all will understand Rosaneers. Uh, how many of you like good? I mean, when you put your teeth in it, it just squirts everybody on the table. I mean, if it don't squirt people in the next room, I don't want it. I mean, you just, you just, I mean, just, am I on your page now, Steve? I'm, I'm on your page. I mean, I mean, corn, wonderful. Take you six weeks to get it all out of your teeth. 700 kernels comes from one kernel of corn. God saved me. Dropped me in the ground. Look at the people. Look at the kernels. Look at the people. Look at the fruit. Look at the offspring. Look at the fruit. Look at the presence of God. Please, please don't tell me. We'll, we'll get in a fight. I'll take my jacket off and show you my muscles. I don't want to have to do that, but I will. It's important that you understand all of it came from one seed. What did God do when he wanted a family? Have you ever thought about it? What did God do when he wanted a family? God was lonely. I believe this with all of my heart. God was isolated. 
seen everything that He created, everything that He... He saw the moon, the sun, the stars, the galaxies, all of it. He saw it and, and, and He said it's good, but, but He never said it was fulfilling. Until He planted Adam and Eve in it. And then that whole generation up to Calvary disappointed Him. What did He do when He wanted to join the Old Testament and the New Testament families together? The body of Jesus, what did He do? He planted a seed. That seed was a person. That seed was Christ. I would have never met you. I'd have never known you. I'd have never met these girls. And these girls probably never would have been here. Had it not been for one thing, the seed God put in the ground on the cross. And through Him, you and I are kin to one another. Somebody give the Lord praise. You may not like me, but I am your brother. Stand up with me. Listen to me. It's vitally important that you see the seed is in itself. If you're here this morning and you never have been saved, why don't you give your life to Christ? You're just like the seed in this, in this sack. You have been purchased by God. Why don't you come and claim your redemption? You say, preacher, what do I have to do to ask Christ to, to place me at oneness with Him? You just have to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you're the Son of God and I trust you and I'm sorry for my sin. I'm willing to turn away from it and I'm willing to take you as my Lord and Savior. You do that and I promise you, you can have the fullness of the fruitfulness of walking with God. You Christians, listen to me closely. Every one of us need this sermon. I do. I needed to hear it. I needed to preach it. I needed to do it. L listen to me closely. Every one of us need for God to reach down in His hand and take us out of that bag and plant us where He wants us and give us full purpose for His productive plan for our life. How many of you would join me here at the front and say, God... I don't know where you got for me. I don't know what you got for me. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know where it's going to be. All I know is I want you to put me at oneness with you, and I want to be at oneness with your spirit and oneness with the Son of God, and I want the Lord to do for me what I can't do for myself, and I'm coming to Him, and I ask Jesus Christ this morning uh, to be my Lord and Master and Savior, and I want God this morning to help me in my life. That's it. That's it. Come on. Come on. Come on, God bless you. You've been a great crowd to preach to this morning. Thank you for your attention and thank you for your willingness to hear it. Holy Spirit, thank you one more time.